Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never Give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, listen. Today, I want to share with you a confirmation dream of the fiery furnace that the Lord gave me last night. I'm up at 430 in the morning writing down what happened in this dream because the Lord is warning who will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I brought out the journal and let me apologize in advance for the ruffling of the pages. So this is what I recorded. I dreamt that there was a big crater in the ground and I didn't want to go near it or go down in it, but somehow it was revolting to me and I tried to go around it and this sister in Christ, a friend of mine, she was there and it seemed to me Like she wanted me to go down in it, but I didn't want to go. So as I was trying to go around it, I I either fell in it or I was pulled down in it. Once in the crater, once in the crater pit, I was on this conveyor belt. And I knew that it was taking me to the lake of fire. Off in the distance, I saw flames. I believe it was it was flames. I I knew I knew it was flames because it was I was starting to feel heat. And so I knew. I was headed to the fiery 
furnace. But I was thinking to myself, why? I'm born again. Why am I going there? And then I saw another sister in Christ who teaches and preaches righteous living. I saw her standing off to one side doing something. And I asked her, am I going to the lake of fire? It was like, it was like I could read her thoughts. I knew in my head, in, in the dream, I knew in my head that she was saying, you're on that conveyor belt, right? Aren't you? And I was like, that's where I'm headed. I believe that I... I cried out to the Lord to inquire why. Then I didn't see the flames anymore. And I didn't feel the heat anymore. And then I'm like, am I still going to the fiery furnace? Then suddenly I was propelled off the conveyor belt. And then I woke up. I woke up praising God for saving me, but in the dream, I was telling myself to praise God for he saved, he, he rescued me from the fiery furnace. And then I woke up. Immediately upon waking up, I'm thinking, what was that dream about? With me being on this conveyor belt, knowing that I'm going to the fiery furnace, and at the same time saying, but I'm born again. Why am I going there? And then the word of the Lord came to me. The Lord told me the reason he gave me that dream was to confirm what he had what he has me teaching on as of late. That many professing Christians are going to perish because they act wickedly while claiming to be Christians knowing God, but they don't know the true and living God. They are living for self Thus saith the Lord, they are living for pleasures and treasures of this world. They have an appearance of a Christian, but they don't follow Jesus. Jesus, Jesus calls them workers of iniquity. They are earning their wages because of their willful sin. They will perish. The Lord said to, to keep serving him. Keep being faithful and obedient. And I will rest with him in eternity. He told me to tell my brothers and sisters to remain faithful until the end. And they will rest. He says, they will rest with me in eternity. 
but all must turn from sin. Be obedient and come out from amongst this present evil world. He said he will punish those who are disobedient and refuse to repent and go the other way. He said, I will have no mercy on the day I judge the disobedient. Thus saith the Lord. Amen. May it be unto me, Lord, according to thy word. Glory to the living God, King of kings and Lord of lords. So, beloved, I wanted to share this confirmation dream with you that all that Holy Spirit has been teaching us these past weeks, if not months, that making a profession with our mouths for Christ will not be sufficient if your lifestyle is characterized by willful sin Although you keep claiming you are born again, but the fruit of your confession is bad fruit. The Lord gave me this dream to confirm what has been deposited in my spirit to cry aloud and spare nothing to warn the, the wayward children of God. That you must stop sinning. You must repent. Otherwise, you too shall all likewise perish. And do not fall for the biggest lie going. That you have eternal security irregardless of the fact that you are in willful, habitual, perpetual sin. You cannot, according to the scriptures, use grace as a cover-up for your iniquitous behavior. We can't claim grace and at the same time practice lawlessness. We are deceived when we do that. And just like the Lord expressed and proclaimed in Matthew 7, 21, many on the day that he judges the inhabited world in righteousness will claim him, Lord, Lord. They will say with their mouths, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, performed mighty working miracles in your name, and he will say to them, Depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. So it's not what we say. It is what we display. If we are living and glorying in sin, believing the lie, once saved, I'm always saved, you will perish. 
I will perish. So the Lord gave me this dream and he said it is to serve as a confirmation of, of what I've been exhorting by Holy Spirit on the podcast that we cannot play with sin. We cannot honor God with our mouths, but have hearts that are far from him, living in disobedience. By his grace, we have been saved. If we miss the mark and commit sin, we have an advocate in heaven, Christ Jesus. That if we confess that sin, go to God in sincere repentance with a contrite heart and spirit. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us, purge us from all unrighteousness. And just like the man and the woman in the Gospels that Christ forgave, he told both of them to go and sin no more. The man who had an issue with his feet, Jesus healed him and the Lord told the man to go and sin no more unless a worse thing happens to you. The woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, no one could stone her because they were all in sin themselves. But Christ, who, who could have stoned her? Because he was the only one qualified. Because he had no sin. But he forgave her and condemned her not. And he told her, going forward, to sin no more. Go on with your life and sin not. Well, that's the same pattern. He is giving us today by his apostles, Paul in particular, because we are going to be looking at three excitations that he gave to three churches that if we continue to practice those things that the living God calls sin, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And no amount of false doctrine is going to save any one of us on the day of judgment. Because just like the word of the Lord came yesterday, the Lord Jesus will tell all of us who are deceived that we can live a life of disobedience. But because the bishop preached once saved, always saved, Jesus is going to tell us. But you had my word. And his word is the final word over, over all. So, let me make this plain, beloved. The follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, well, our response to sin, to 
towards sin, I should say, is to hate it, repent of it, and forsake it. Now, some may struggle with sin, but by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, we are able to resist and overcome sin. Because the hallmark of a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is the decreasing presence of sin in one's life. As we grow and mature in the faith, sin has less and less of a hold on us. Of course, sinless perfection is impossible in this life, but our hatred for sin becomes greater as we mature and stay on the path that leads to eternal life. Our mindset, however, should be focused on sinless perfection. We may not, no, we won't achieve sinless perfection, but the mindset should be to go and sin no more. And praise God that each day we crucify this flesh, completely deny it, make no provision for it. Do not put yourself in a situation, in a position for you to sin. Because those who who want to hide behind one saved, I'm always saved, love to keep pointing out that we are still sinners. Don't you sin? We all sin. We're not supposed to be sinning though. It's like on one hand, we get it. We, we still live in these earthly bodies that are in fact prone to sin. And we do miss the mark. But the, the difference is this. We confess it immediately. Repent of it. Change our minds. No longer do I want to sin against my God. Have mercy on me. But then we don't keep <clears throat> we don't keep repeating it and repeating it. Keep talking about oh I'm sorry I'm sorry, but you keep doing it. You are not contrite. You are not repentant. You believe by saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that you are still good with God. But you keep habitually, disobediently, willfully sinning. Do you think that you still have the right to claim eternal life when you are producing fruit of wickedness. So, 
Our response toward sin is to hate it completely. Because, excuse me, the first mention of not inheriting the kingdom of God is found in Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth. He said in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, and we are going to break this down. He said, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Let me just stop right there. Yes, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Those who love themselves, some once saved, always saved. When you point this out to them, they go, no, he was speaking to sinners, wicked people. He, he was not speaking to the body of Christ. Of course, they will say that. They, they will say anything to, to justify wicked behavior while claiming the name and using grace as a smokescreen, a cover-up of their wicked, evil lifestyles. Paul was talking to the church at Corinth. He was talking to believers. He was not talking to sinners. Yes, Holy Spirit, Paul was not evangelizing here when he was talking about how wicked people, which is true though, will perish if they don't repent. He's talking, excuse me, but see, I got this hot tea over here for a reason. Hold on. Mm. He was talking to those who were still cutting up in the church. They they were involved in a whole bunch of stuff that was not pleasing to God. So, no, I'm here to break it to you. I know you want him to be only talking to sinners. But no. He was telling believers that if you don't stop it, you're not going to make it. So, let's continue. Do you not know that the wicked, the unrighteous, will not inherit the kingdom of God? He's, he's, he's asking them this question like, hello, wake up. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual, immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So, beloved, let's be clear. If a person actively, perpetually, and unrepentantly, unrepentantly lives a homosexual lifestyle, the lifestyle of a thief, a greedy lifestyle, a drunken lifestyle, well, that person is showing himself to be unsaved, really. 
and such a person will definitely not inherit the kingdom of God. You want to know why? 1 John 3, let's, let's come over here to 1 John 3 because those who are truly born again, they do not make it a practice to go on willfully sinning. They do not because they have God's word. So, 1 John 3, let's, let's take it from verse 4 to verse 10. And this is the Amplified so that we can really milk this. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. Ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his will. You know that he appeared in visible form as a man in order to take away sins. Amen. And in him there is absolutely no sin. For he has neither the sin nature nor has he committed sin or acts worthy of blame. Amen. Verse 6. No one who abides in him. See? That's the key to it all, beloved. If you are not abiding in Jesus, just like how I was playing with it, if you are not abiding in Jesus, you will be in deliberate, blatant sin as a lifestyle. Listen, no one who abides in him, who remains united in fellowship with him, deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. No one who habitually sins has seen him or known him. Amen. Verse 7, little children, believers, dear ones, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live a consistently honorable life in private as well as in public and to conform to God's precepts is righteous just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending him by acts of disobedience, indifference, or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him, not God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God, hallelujah, appeared for this purpose, 
to destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9. No one, no one who is born of God deliberately, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. Why? Because God's seed, his principle of life, the essence of his righteous character remains permanently in him who is born again, who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose. And he who is born again cannot habitually live a life characterized by sin. Why, beloved? Because he is born of God and longs to please him. That's why. That's why. Verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are clearly identified. You ready? Anyone who does not practice righteousness, who does not seek God's will in thought, action, and purpose, is not of God. Nor is the one who does not unselfishly love his believing brother. Amen. So, again... Let us all be clear that any person who's living a lifestyle that is characterized by sin will definitely not inherit the kingdom of God. So, let us break down three exhortations that Paul gave to the churches at Corinth, Galatia, and Ephesus, that if they, just like us today, continue to practice those sins he lists as a lifestyle, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul was not only talking to just those three churches. The fact that it's in the Bible, it is for the body of Christ to, to keep us on the straight and narrow so that we may examine where we are in this faith. Are we truly born again? Look at your life. That should be the acid test if you love the Lord Jesus Christ or not. Are you obeying his commands? Are you loving God with your whole heart? Because if you're loving God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and with all of your strength, you are not looking to willfully, deliberately, habitually sin against Him, but rather you are seeking His kingdom, His righteousness. Are you loving the brethren 
Or are you like Cain, slandering his brother because his because his brother's works were righteous? Are you a slanderer of the brethren, beloved? Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm. before we get to breaking down those three exhortations, let me... Let me first say this, say this thought, okay? According to Matthew 10, 38, Jesus says, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Amen. And then we see over here, Romans 2, 6 to 8, which in my spiritual opinion, hoo, 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 this completely debunks that you can at some point in your life make a confession for Christ and then go on living life just the same, no change, and still inherit his kingdom all all because you've made a confession with your mouth but your life never changed where is the turning from sin unto righteousness where is the putting off the old man that old sinful nature and put and putting on the new man yeah, but all we had to do was to believe because, you know, it is by faith alone I'm saved. Okay, but 2 Timothy 2.19 exhorts us, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity, though. What about that? Because you are naming the name of Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? Yes, I am. Okay, well, how come you have not departed from iniquity, though? Well, you know, Cynthia, grace. Grace covers us. Yes, it does. But you, though are using it as a license to continue in your malicious, wicked, evil lifestyle, though. Yeah, but Cynthia, we have the blood of Jesus. Yes, we do. So why haven't you stopped sinning? How come you are not striving to go, comma, and sin no more. Why are you, why are you increasing in sin rather than decreasing in sin as you get to know the Father better and better as Holy Spirit consecrates you, sanctifies you so that you may be holy in God's sight now that we are in Christ. It is his righteousness 
that we now stand in. You cannot tell me that as unholy as we are living, we are still standing in Christ's righteousness and nothing can separate us from that. It's not possible to lose one's salvation all because I've made a confession, but I'm not living holy though. Oh, beloved, mm-mm, can't do it. The Lord gave me that confirmation dream for a reason that many are on that conveyor belt. They are on, yes, Holy Spirit. They are on the broad way. That conveyor belt represents that broad way that many are on heading, heading to the fiery furnace. You got to repent, beloved. We must live clean and holy. We must do what 2 Timothy 2.19 is telling us. Depart from iniquity. If we, had, if we have called on Jesus, on his name, as Lord and Savior. See what I'm saying, beloved? So... I was going to give you Matthew 7, 21, but we've already covered that. Because Jesus is going to tell a lot, many. How much is many? A lot. Mm -hmm. Depart from me. He says in verse 23 real quick. No, no. See, I got to read it because it ties into what I want to talk about iniquity. So, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then, verse 23, Matthew 7. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Amen. And then the Lord Jesus went on to give a description of one who built his house on him, the rock. The Lord Jesus likens that individual as wise. Mm -hmm. But the other who built his house on sand which is unstable, is likened unto a foolish man. And when the storms and the torrents came, well, that house fell and great was the crash. So, real quick, what is iniquity? It is immoral, debased behavior cultivated by a life that is characterized by sin so 
What does characterized means? Well, it means to describe the distinctive nature or features of. It means to specify, identify, indicate, typify. It means to categorize, class, classify, represent, portray. It means to make it distinctive. So, you mean to tell me that your fornicating ways have now distinguished you to be a fornicator? Likewise with the idolator, adulterer, homosexual, thief, liar, and murderer. It's not that you have committed this sin and then you're off to the fiery furnace. Again, we have an advocate. Paul is talking about these sins that one is doing, cultivating it as a perpetual lifestyle. Although you have his word on the matter, you still ain't giving it up. Yeah. So that's iniquity cultivated by a life that is characterized, designated, marked, identified by sin. So this is not about quote-unquote spiritual warfare. This is about indulging the flesh by recklessly disobeying God's holy standards. Sinel. It's not the devil messing with you. It's you who won't stop sinning. And then you want to run up under grace. And then still be sinning. It's one thing. Yes, Holy Spirit. It is one thing coming to the throne of grace. Seeking mercy in a time of need. But then when you leave out from the throne room, there you go back to your living lover, back to your weed smoking, back to your homosexuality, back to your lying, stealing, covetous, greedy, jealous ways. You are abusing grace. You are taking it as a license to sin. And you mean to tell me you still get to inherit the kingdom of God? When, meanwhile, back at the ranch, Jesus is telling his true sheep, He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. But you... Get to make all kinds of provisions for your flesh. You ain't even thinking about picking up your cross and denying yourself. You ain't following Jesus. But, but, because you made some confession, you shook some bishop, some apostate bishop's hand, and you answered some altar call. 
which is not biblical at all. That is a man-made tradition that you invited Jesus into your heart. Ooh, and you have eternal security just because of that. Well, if we are talking about works unto salvation, well, that's it. You say that your work of confession permanently, eternally seals you for the kingdom. Well, then that's a work. I know. I know. You don't believe me. But anyway, as children of the Most High God, we have been given a plethora of scriptures that commands us to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. We are commanded to abstain from every form of evil. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. We find in scripture, I already gave it to you, but I'm going to say it again. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So, my brothers and sisters, we are commanded, whether you like it or not, to live as obedient children to God. If we name Holy God as our Father, then we respect and revere His name and obey His commands. It's just as simple as that, beloved. And we will see from these three excitations of Paul's. If we continue to practice those things that will disqualify us from entering the kingdom, we will perish in the lake of fire for all of eternity. Consider how you live, beloved. Because today's excitation is not about snatching eternal life from anyone. No one, because I must make this disclaimer, no one is trying to take your salvation from you. But we all must understand and be warned. If we are living a life that is not pleasing to God, He said... He said that the unrighteous will not inherit his kingdom. And unless we are in his word like the Bereans, we will fall for the lie that is coming out of the apostate church that God's grace is so amazing, which it is, that his grace will simply overlook disobedient behavior. Living a wayward lifestyle does, beloved, has eternal consequence. We cannot simply hide behind Jesus and the cross and still live wickedly. Nope, not at all. So, here we go. Enough of the talk. Mm. Let's get into those who won't inherit the kingdom of God. Because 
Here's the introduction. Yes, I'm being formal. Here's, here's the introduction, okay? There are many sins described throughout the scriptures, all of which will determine our eternal faith if they haven't been forgiven by the blood of Christ. If so facto. If we live with unconfessed, unrepentant sin and still claim his name, we assume that we will just make it into heaven, you're going to be greatly shocked. Yeah, that's the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. We should see sin as God sees sin. He hates it and he despises sin. Because sin separates us from him and causes us to become spiritually dead. Isaiah 59 2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Amen. And many who profess Christ often says that, God doesn't speak to them. God does not answer their prayers. Well, I wonder why. That's why on, on the day of judgment, many are going to be shell-shocked. They won't, they won't believe it. Just like in that dream. It was like I was asking this sister in Christ who, who teaches righteous, holy living. It was like I can read her thoughts in the spirits. The fact that I'm on this conveyor belt heading toward the fiery furnace. Well, I I answered my own question. Because I said, sis, am I going to the lake of fire? And she was like, you're on that conveyor belt, right? So it... Can't you see... The interpretation of it all, that the Lord is confirming that many who keep saying, Lord, Lord, they are actually on the conveyor belt. They are on the broad way heading straight to a burning hell. So, we are looking at those sins which God says through his word will, will stop us from inheriting the kingdom of God. So we see over here in the book of Corinthians, right? I've already given you 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. You want to read it again? Yeah, I know you do. Come on. Or do you not know that wrongdoers, the unrighteous, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is asking them a question. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So the background... To that was that some believers in Corinth made a practice of taking their fellow brethren to the public courts. 
and bringing lawsuits against them in order to take advantage of them. And Paul rebukes the brethren by telling them if those Christians or any Christian carry on with this attitude, they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. The reason... The reason no one who practices such things won't inherit the kingdom of God is simply because all that attitude, all what that attitude does is create division within the Lord's church. Amen. That's why we should not bring lawsuits to these pagan courtrooms dragging our brethren to the courts. No, we should be able to judge matters between ourselves because Paul says elsewhere that we will judge the fallen angels. And you mean to tell me now, I'm paraphrasing because I believe it's up above. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 could be somewhere around 6, 5, 7, 8. Don't quote me. Y'all go look it up. But he was making the point that we can't settle these matters amongst ourselves, but to what? Drag one another to these pagan Gentiles? Uh-uh. We who will sit in a position of authority one day judging the fallen angels, but we can't here on this earth settle matters, settle matters between ourselves among the brethren mm. so Paul tells them if they believe that they can behave like this toward each other and still get to heaven there they are seriously wrong they are only deceiving themselves so unrighteous wrongdoers because you see Paul doesn't mess around with his words. He especially, especially, especially when he uses the word wrongdoers. Because in the Greek, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even try, try to pronounce this in Greek, but it is also used in 1 Corinthians 6 1. Where he says, if any of you has a dispute with another, do you dare to take it before the ungodly for judgment instead of before the Lord's people? Amen. And Paul uses that word and applies it to anyone who behaves in, in an unrighteous way. 1 John 5, 17 says all wrongdoing is sin and there is sin that does not lead to death. Amen. So in other words, there were some believers in Corinth who were persisting in, in an unrighteous manner and he warns those people that this unrighteous behavior could lead to their final condemnation if they don't stop it. We don't need to wonder what kind of unrighteous behavior these Corinthian Christians 
were practicing because Paul now goes on to tell us exactly what is involved in unrighteous behavior, sexual immorality. The sexual immoral are those are those people who practice illicit sexual intercourse. This refers to all sexual sin. We see this in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. We're going to get to that as well as in Ephesians 5, 4 through 5. We're going to get to that and namely Revelation 21, 8. Where Jesus says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be co-signed to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Mm-hmm. Amen. The people who practice this sin think only of themselves. They only think about fulfilling their sexual desires. Mm -hmm. Anyone who practices sexual immorality won't inherit the kingdom of God. No, they won't. Nor idolaters. Idolaters were and are simply those who worship idols. Anything, any material thing, earthly thing, anything that God has created, and that includes man, that we put on the thrones of our heart above Christ. Well, that's idolatry. Because these were the Christians who created their own religion and their deities in order to fulfill their own desires. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians 10, 14 tells us to flee from idolatry. Colossians 3, 5 tells us to put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. First mm -hmm. Peter 4, 3 says, For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose. In the past, doing what pagans choose to do. Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Amen. Revelation twenty two fifteen. Outside are the dogs. Those who practice magic arts, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Yep, all, all them liars. They ain't getting in. They will be over there tormenting in that lake of fire. And apparently, because I read over there in Isaiah 66, what is that? 24 to 26, I believe. But I know it is Isaiah 66 where apparently wherever this lake of fire is, right? 
those who come in and out of the kingdom will see them tormenting in this lake. And they will be horrified at those who chose to be disobedient and unrepented. They will see them over there. Because Jesus is like outside are the dogs. Outside of what? The kingdom. Yeah, I guess to stand as a testimony of the rebellion. Oh, beloved, I'm telling you, this is not a place where we want to be. I'd rather be on the Lord's side. Because let's just say, for argument's sake, that we are completely wrong about once saved, always saved. Let's say if that is actually true. Okay, well, those who are living righteously, well, we ain't got nothing to worry about. Woohoo! But if you are wrong, if you believe that you can disobey God and live for eternity in his kingdom, only to be thrown into the lake of fire, then you got it wrong. And scripture after scripture is unanimous. We can't claim in his name and still live wickedly and expect the kingdom. Because it's not funny though. I'm just, it's like I had to laugh at the irony of it all. Because our expectation is not the kingdom, but fiery judgment. Study Hebrews 10, 26. Your mind expectation, if we deliberately go on sinning, is not the kingdom, but an expectation of fiery judgment. The Lord gave me that dream as confirmation. That we can't claim his name and expect to inherit the kingdom. We are, if we don't repent, turn around and go the other way. We are on that conveyor belt heading toward the fiery furnace. It's called the broad way. And Jesus says many are on that way. Not a whole lot of people want to crucify the flesh. They don't want hell's fire, but they don't want to give up the world either. You can't, you can't, you can't. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. And he truly means that. So, in Corinth, they were worshiping Aphrodite, the goddess, <clears throat> the goddess of fertility and worshiping her consisted of sexual immorality. Anyone who practices idolatry won't inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. And then we have adulterers. Adulterers are those who practice unlawful, unlawful intercourse with the spouse of someone else. These were the Christians who broke their marriage vows to stay faithful 
to their husbands and wives unto death by having sexual intercourse with someone else other than their husband or wife. And this is for today too. Not only should we not commit adultery on our covenant spouse, but that if you choose to divorce your covenant spouse, spouse number one, and you remarry, and you have sex with your new, because um, it's really not a spouse, because you already have a spouse, with that individual, you are committing adultery. Listen, Matthew 5.32, but I tell you, Jesus says, that anyone who divorces his wife, hold on, I, I, I want to give, hold on, hold on a minute. I want to give us the um, King James. Yeah, I want to give you the King James. Hold on. What did I say, Matthew or or Mark? Which one? I said Matthew first, and then we're going to come over here to Mark 10. So let's, let's finish up with Matthew, right? Get over there. Get over there. This is the King James. So let me come down. Yeah, I'm doing this in real time, folks. Hush. Matthew, maybe maybe if I put the chapter in here, it can put it up for me. It's telling me can't find it. Yeah, I know. So I need to put Matthew 5. Come down. <clears throat> come down to verse 32. Yeah, beloved, I'm about to wrap this up. You y'all y'all just hold on. Here we go. Verse 32. No, verse 31. It has also been said, whoever divorces his wife is to give her a certificate of divorce, right? Because he was quoting the law. But he says, but I say to you that whoever divorces his wife accepts except on the grounds of sexual immorality, that's fornication, okay? that's not adultery, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who has been divorced commits adultery. Yep. Amen. So let us come over here now to what I say, Mark 10. Mark 10. What is that? 11. Through 12, yes, we constantly have to hit home on this because some of you who love themselves, some once saved, always saved, and living in these adulterous remarriages always claim, well, grace got me covered anyway, so I get to stay. Mm -mm -mm. No, you don't. No, you don't. And he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. Amen. So, anyone who practices adultery, whether it's an adulterous remarriage or you are stepping out on your spouse. Mm, mm, mm. You must repent, beloved. 
all joking aside, adultery. If you practice adultery, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Men who have sex with men are those who are homosexuals. It's like the Bible says it is unnatural to lie with the same sex as you would with the opposite sex. That's an abomination. The male organ, his, his reproductive organ, was never intended to enter another man's rectum, nor his mouth. That's, that's sodomy. To have anal sex and oral sex, it is a sin. I know in times past, before coming to Christ, and maybe after coming to Christ, you know, we ugh, was a mess. We did some things that were an abomination unto the Lord. This is why if you feel you were born this way, well, you need to be born again. Because this also includes lesbians. This also includes bestiality. Those who have sex with animals. Does this also include anywhere on that alphabet spectrum? Whether you call yourself a pan, a tran, a bi, a tri, whatever. Whatever sexual deviancy you are in, the Bible says anyone who practices unnet unnatural sex with another won't inherit the kingdom of God. Romans 1 24 to 7 says therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is who is forever praised. Amen. And then we have these. These are your kleptomaniacs. These were those, are those who stole from others. Because you see, I'm reading this from the vantage point of Paul speaking to believers at Corinth. This is what they were involved in. And he's making a point in highlighting specific sins that they were indulging in, being deceived, that they can continue to do these things and still inherit the kingdom. And Paul is telling them these are unrighteous acts. And those who commit unrighteous, unrighteous acts are wrongdoers. They are the unrighteous. And so, 
They were the Christians who lived in such a way that they didn't work for a living. Rather, they lived off what they had stolen from others. If someone steals from another person or even uses false information to gain more benefits, let's say from the government, is a thief. Anyone who practices death won't inherit the kingdom of God. Neither will the greedy. Because the greedy were those who had a materialistic spirit. I already gave you a Colossians 3, 5 to 7, right? Yeah, because what's on this list? Uh-huh, greed, which is idolatry. That's the end of verse 5. Because they were the Christians who were just interested in gaining more material goods for themselves by any means. Even if that meant hurting their neighbor in the process or ignoring other people's feelings and needs. Ephesians 5.11 says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So, ipso facto, anyone who practices greed won't inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Drunkards. Drunkards were simply those who got drunk. They were the Christians who drank alcohol simply to lose their senses. They had become addicted to alcohol and relied on it to help them through the day rather than relying on God to help them through the day. 1 Timothy 3.8 says, In the same way, deacons are to be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. Mm-hmm. 1 Timothy 3.3, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Amen. He was talking about the elders in the church. Anyone who wanted to be a bishop can. And a bishop was just simply an overseer. Not what we see today. Oh my goodness. They had, they have deified the office of a bishop today. No. So anyone who can, anyone who continually gets drunk won't inherit the kingdom of God. We are talking about drunkards. Not having a glass of wine, not having maybe even a beer or two. We are talking about drunks. Drunkenness as a lifestyle. You can't function unless you have a fifth of whatever. Mm-mm. You can't live a life of a drunkard and inherit the kingdom. Well, Cynthia, I'm just having a good time. Well, have a good time. Why you have to be drunk as a skunk in order to do it? Moving on, slanderers. Mm. I'm telling you. Let me just stick to the notes. Slanderers. 
were those who speak against others. They were foul mouth. They, they were foul mouthed people. These were the Christians who used abusive words to bring down others and raise their own personal agendas and opinions. Anyone who practices slander won't inherit the kingdom of God. Enough said. Enough said. Keep it up. You go right on ahead. You must repent. Because you are not quote unquote exposing evil. No, you're not. If you are going to expose the evil, then expose it and move on. Why have you now camped and become a stalker of this individual reporting on every little thing and not that you are really coming against their teaching, but you are throwing pot shots. You are assassinating their physical appearance if or not they they are wearing a wig to pay. What they got to do with you, quote unquote, exposing if this is a wolf or not? Yeah, so you can't tell me anything about whether or not this is, in fact, a false teacher if you are throwing pot shots at how the person looks. Yeah, something's wrong with you. You better repent. Nor swindlers. Swindlers were those who rob with violence. Extortioners. Mm-hmm. What they call those those people that um when um a long shark wants his money and he sends out his goons, what hitmen? I forget what is that. I, I can't I can't recall it. But anyway, those who rob with violence, these were the Christians who would stop at nothing to get what they want. They make friends and see others as a means to make any kind of financial or material gain for themselves. Anyone who practices swindling won't inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. And then we have his letter to the Galatians over there in Galatia. Because... He was telling them in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god amen so the background was that the apostle paul he was dealing with legalism which was prevalent in the galatian church because some christians were trying to impose the law of Moses. See, beloved, that's legalism. 
Legalism isn't when someone is exhorting you or in a lot of cases rebuking you that that wicked lifestyle you are living claiming Jesus is your Lord and Savior is wrong and you must repent. You must live clean and holy. Well, well, that's legalism. No, it's not. Legalism is what Paul, under grace, was dealing with at this particular church. Because legalism was prevalent. Because some were trying to impose the, the 613 laws of Moses, especially circumcision. Circumcision, circumcision, good gracious, on other Christians. But Paul was having none of it. So in this scripture we just read, he's emphasizing the difference between working for our salvation and working because of our salvation. Listen. Listen. 2 Corinthians 4.15, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God, beloved. So, now that we are in Christ, we are called to holy living and we can do this because of grace. Grace teaches us to reject, push away all ungodliness. So if you find yourselves doing anything that Paul is saying that if you continue to do these things as a lifestyle, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. Grace teaches us to reject immoral worldly desires grace is needed it is beneficial to us that's why we must not trample over it and just abuse it and just slap it on anything to cover up our malicious evil nasty licentious, debauched, depraved, debased lifestyles. Why would you even want to live like that anyway? Yeah. So, Paul does this by showing the, the a difference by contrasting the fruit of the Spirit with the fruit of the flesh. I'm not going to give y'all, for time's sake, all of these scriptures, but you will do well to write down and go back in your study downtime with the Lord. Meditate Galatians 5, 22 to 23, Matthew 7, 20 to 23, Romans 1, 27 to 32, Again, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10, and 2, <clears throat> excuse me, and 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 8. 
Oh, beloved, these are some wonderful scriptures that if we find ourselves doing any of these things, stop it. Don't continue to do those things and then want to go run and hide behind grace. Well, grace got me covered. Well, it does, but grace does not expect for you to continue to roll around in your field. It's, it's just that simple, beloved. So, the list of sins which Paul mentions here in Galatians isn't exhaustive. But they were certain sins of the flesh that the Galatians Christians were indulging and struggling with because they didn't want to give it up. And Paul was telling them, these are works of the flesh. And if you don't stop it, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Anyone who live like this ain't getting in. That's the bottom line. So, already talked about sexual immorality. Already talked about adultery. What else is on this list? Impurity. Impurity are those who live an impure life. These were the Christians whose hearts and minds were filled with filth. <sighs> Titus 1.15 To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. <sighs> Beloved, we... We simply cannot live like this. In the Old Testament, they, they would be classed as, as being ceremonially unclean before the Lord. Anyone with an impure heart or mind won't inherit the kingdom of God. Point blank and put a period. Debauchery. Are those who have immoral conduct or practice harmful things, or, or do offensive things. They were the Christians who selfishly thought about themselves and didn't care if they offended others by their actions or by the way they dressed. And this, will, and this would include sexual dancing, drunkenness, and sexual immorality. 2 Corinthians 12, 21 says, I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. Amen. See, and guess what? This foolishness and madness is still going on today. And what makes matters grievous, eternally grievous, is that you are using the name of God to do this. That's blasphemy. How can you trample underfoot the blood of the covenant that bought 
you. And here you are turning up, getting lit, just all in your debauched lifestyle as you go clubbing. Christian clubbing? Y'all better not come up with that one. Because I have heard about Christian lounges, Christian what plays, Christian rap, Christian this, Christian that. All the while, it is just as secular and worldly as all get out, beloved. It's a mess. And put some clothes on that body. What's wrong with these folks today? Idolatry. Already covered that, right? Witchcraft. Pharmacia. Were those who used drugs to put people under their influence. Later, they became known as witches, sorcerers, uh, wizards, and witch doctors. These were the Christians who falsely attempted to exercise spiritual power over someone in order to control them by fear. Yep, no wonder God condemns the practice of witchcraft. Beloved, this also includes weed, smoking, drug use, anything that manipulates one's mind, taking you to another level. Anything that gets you to act out of character because of these drugs, that's witchcraft. It is sin. Yes, smoking weed is sin. Popping pills to get high is sin. It is called witchcraft, sorcery. Revelation 21, 8 mentions how sorcerers, their place will be in that lake of fire. All we got to do is just search out the Old Testament. Exodus 7, 11, Exodus 7, 22, Leviticus 26 through 7, Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 22, Isaiah 47, 9, Isaiah 47, 12, tells us to come out from any sorcery. Anyone who practices witchcraft won't inherit the kingdom of God. Here we go. Hatred. Hatred is a work of the flesh. Hatred was those who wanted to harm others for no apparent reason. These were the Christians who were intent that others would get hurt in some way. They are the ones who would manipulate others against someone else out of hatred. I don't know about you all, but this is making me sick. Titus 3.3 At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Amen. See, beloved, that's how we once lived. But now in Christ, we walk in love. Yeah, we do. It's all about love now. So anyone who practices hatred won't inherit the kingdom of God. Discord. Discord was were those 
who loved and caused division amongst God's people. These were the Christian Christians who didn't really love their neighbors as themselves because Mark 12:31 tells us how the second because Christ already gave us his first law and the second is like the first love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these because he was telling them on those two commandments loving God with everything within you and loving your neighbor as yourself well all of the law hang on these two commandments. It's all about love because if you are loving God with everything within you, you are not going to willfully, deliberately, habitually sin against him. What you, what you will do, though, is seek out those things that pleases him and then do it. Yeah, it's called sacrifice and obedience, beloved. Jealousy. So, those who commit discord, these were the kind of Christians who would happily split a church over matters of opinion in turn other Christians are told to stay away from them. Yeah, they just busybodies, a hot mess. Anyone who practices discord won't inherit the kingdom of God. Jealousy. Jealousy were those who wanted what others possessed. These were the Christians who couldn't bring themselves to give honor and respect where honor and respect were due. They couldn't bring themselves to rejoice with those who rejoiced. Anyone who practiced jealousy won't inherit the kingdom of God. Nope. Fits of rage were those who couldn't control their anger. These were the Christians who would throw themselves a temple, a temper, a temper tantrum when they didn't get their own way. They would, they would often get out of control. Anyone who does not control their anger won't inherit the kingdom of God. Cut and dry. Selfish ambition were those who wanted all the praise for what they were doing. These were the Christians who wanted public acknowledgement for their achievements. Again, it was all about them. It was all about me, myself, and I. This was certainly a problem in the Ephesian church. Just like it is today. Anyone who possesses a spirit of selfish ambition won't inherit the kingdom of God. Dissensions were those who would, who would argue over opinions. These were the Christians who would rather create division in the church rather than unity over non-salvation issues. Anyone who causes dissensions won't inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. You're not getting in, beloved. Mm -mm. Factions, heresies were taught beyond what God taught in his word. This was going on then is going on today. Mm-hmm. 
I can't I can't tell you just how disgusting that heresy of once saved, always saved is. Uh -huh. These were the Christians who taught anything. <laughs> I think I'm getting loopy, folks. These were the Christians who taught anything to recruit people to their traditions and or opinions. The reason these people won't inherit life is because they caused a lot of division in the church over their traditions and opinions. Anyone who causes factions in the church won't inherit the kingdom of God. Beloved, I'm going through what the Bible says. That if anyone continues to live this way, they will be disqualified from entering the kingdom of God. This, these are not my personal opinions. I agree wholeheartedly with, with what the Lord is saying. I too indulged in every bit of what we're talking about until the Lord brought me to my senses. Yeah, woke me up big time. Big time. When I say big time, I mean big time. Yeah, beloved. So all I want to do now is pull as many sticks from the fire and... No, no, no. I, I got to do that louder than that. Wake up, my sleeping brethren. Envy with those Christians who felt uncomfortable with what other people have or with other people because of who they were. These were the Christians who didn't like anyone when they had more possessions than them and they didn't like anyone who was in, in a higher position of power. You know what? That's petty. That's petty. You mean tell me you're going to spend all your time being envious because of what someone else, is ha uh, what someone else has or, or what station they are in in life? What's wrong with you, beloved? It's one thing in the world. We, we behave every bit of this. But now in Christ, should we not be joyful when one of the brethren gets a promotion, if you will? Telling you, petty. Anyone who is envious of others or what others have won't inherit the kingdom. Already talked about drunkenness. Anyone who lose who loses control through drinking alcohol won't inherit the kingdom of God. Orgies are those Christians who are involved in ungodly sexual relations with others. These were the Christians who enjoyed having sex with many people at the same time while enjoying enjoying a banquet afterwards. This was very popular in idol worship. Anyone who gets involved in orgies won't inherit the kingdom of God, beloved. That's nasty. Stop it. And the like. 
because Paul's list of sins here in Galatians are sins of the flesh, but his list isn't exhaustive. As he says, and the like, this simply means that any sin which concerns the flesh will cost you your salvation. Be not deceived. Anyone who gets involved in any kind of sin of the flesh won't inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Ephesians. You see, I was going to I was going to read again Revelation 21:8. No. Ephesians 5:3 to 5. Listen. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. That's why, beloved, we don't indulge in any of this. Why? Not because grace got us covered, but because it's not proper. As God's holy people, we ain't supposed to be indulging in these things. Ugh. Listen. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral impure or greedy person because such a person is an idolator has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. No, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Amen. So again, beloved, he's talking to God's holy people to exhort that among us there must not be even a hint of these things. Otherwise, we will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. Amen. So, anyone who practices sexual immorality, anyone who has an impure heart, anyone who practices greed, anyone who uses obscene language, anyone who uses foolish talk, anyone who shares filthy jokes or makes fun of someone at someone else's expense, anyone who practice illicit sexual intercourse, sexual immorality, anyone who sins against our holy God will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. That's it, beloved. That's it. We find in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, God hates sin. 
And he does not take pleasure when we take his grace as a license to do it. You're not fooling God, beloved. You're not. And and we can claim, Lord, Lord, until we are blue, red, purple, and green in the face. It's not going to save us about how we cast out demons, how we prophesied all in his name, and we performed many miracles in his name. All of that won't matter one bit if your life is characterized by iniquity. Because, see, Jesus is looking for fruit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's looking for fruit. Good fruit. Good fruit, beloved. So, that's all I have for you today, Father. In the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy holy name. We give you honor and praise this day. Thank you for showing us in your word that if we continue to practice sin, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And many who are in fact born again, filled with your spirit, truly believe that they have a free pass called grace, that they can stay in these sins believing that future sins were also nailed to the cross. And these are they who do not live a life of confession, a life of repentance. For what? For them, they can go on, actually live a life as an unbeliever, that they can actually abandon Jesus and still inherit your kingdom. Father, just on the elementary level of faith. We know that makes absolutely no sense. Oh, it does tickle the ear. It does tickle the ear that I get to stay in sin and still go to heaven. Yeah, yeah, give me some more of that. And I will search out a plethora of teachers that will continue to to support my error. Oh, Father, God forbid. Heaven forbid that we continue to take what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us and just trample over it, make light of it, and stay in our filth. When you have commanded us to come out of the filth, Peter, and 2 Peter 2 rings loudly in my ears. When he says down in verse 20 of 2 Peter 2. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world. By knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again. They are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness. Than to know it and then reject the command 
they were given to live a holy life, they prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit, and another says a washed pig returns to the mud. Amen. Father, it is so dangerous to, to follow wolves in sheep's clothing. In Second Peter 2, you tell us that their destruction is their reward. For the harm they have done. Verse 13, 2 Peter 2. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception. Yes, they do. Even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals, they commit adultery with their eyes and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people <clears throat> into sin. They lure unstable people into sin and they are well trained in greed. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off the right road. Yes, Father, these are apostates. And followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey rebuked him with the human voice. Verse 17, these people are as useless as dried-up springs or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure back into sin, those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. Amen. Father, we see clearly in your word just how dangerous a false prophet and a wolf in sheep's clothing are to your people. Oh, Father, we ask for wisdom and discernment this day so that we are not deceived. The unrighteous claiming the name of Jesus Christ along with all unrepentant sinners will not inherit your kingdom. Oh, Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for, for saving us from the fiery furnace. May we do as the words say, to remain faithful to Jesus Christ, to remain abiding in him until death. Revelation 2.10 is telling us, Jesus says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Amen. Father, 
that is clear as crystal. Because it goes without saying that if we are not faithful unto death, we will not receive the crown of life. But these heretics will say the complete opposite. That we don't have to remain faithful. We, we don't have to endure until the end. We will have eternal life anyway. Father, what was the madness of that article that I shared with your people yesterday? This writer wrote supposedly to believe in Christians. Once you are saved, you are always saved. And that applies even if you stop believing altogether. And then this individual cherry-picked, took out of context, 2 Timothy 2.13. And then mentions the works of the flesh over there in Galatians, talking about how we as believers are susceptible to them to these works as if given a license to to be in these in these sins because after all we ain't nothing but humans we we are prone to keep on sinning because to to stop sinning oh that's just impossible we all sin and then Want to hide up under heresy as if teaching on obedience and right living is heretical. When in fact what they are teaching goes in direct contradiction to your word. Oh, Father, I can go on and on and on. But for the sake of time. I give you thanks and praise. Thank you for your truth. I am not following nor listening to anyone that's telling me that I can disobey you. That I can even stop believing altogether and still be saved. Nah, that don't sound like Jesus. Mm-mm, not at all. I'm no Bible scholar, Father, but I have enough common sense that Jesus, who died a horrific, bloody, brutal, violent death on my behalf, does not want me to walk in unbelief. That I can abandon him just because some years ago I I invited him into this crooked dark heart and therefore I am forever sealed and saved and good to go thank you for wisdom father in Jesus name I pray I love you thank you for saving me in Jesus name I pray amen amen all right beloved I know that was a long one if you have not surmised about the nature of this podcast, this is for long listening. I don't do 20-minute clips. I don't do 10 minutes. The Holy Spirit 
when when he gets to teaching, it's going to be about an hour and a half, if not two hours. So this is for, you know, long driving. If you at work on your lunch break or you working out at home or you on a hike somewhere, this is where this type of listening comes into play. If you're looking for bite-sized snacks of the word, well, this is not the podcast for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um, this is for long listening. Amen. Amen. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God, beloved. Do not be deceived. Bad company will always corrupt your good morals. Come alive. Wake up to righteousness. Be holy. Be committed to holiness and righteousness and above all to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you shall be saved. We do have the hope and the promise of eternal life. It is a free gift. But you can't be living in sin and still get it. If that's the case, then we all can get the party started again. God forbid. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.